Welcome to Becoming Your Best Version. I am your host, Maria Leonard Olson. I am a civil litigation attorney in Washington, D.C., a mentor to women in recovery, a journalist, podcaster, and author. I also have a TEDx talk called Turning Life's Challenges into a Force for Good. If you would hit the like button on that, I would really appreciate it because it has the capacity to help a lot of people not feel so alone in their trauma. In that in that TEDx talk, which I gave at City University of New York, I talked about all of my skeletons, which kept me sick, which were childhood sexual abuse, divorce, feeling other than, empty nesting, uh, sexual assault, and more. So take a listen and pass it on to someone who you think it might help. I also, just because I was just talking about it with our guest, I'm the proud mom of TikTok star Chris Olson. Follow him on TikTok at Chris and Instagram at Chris Olson. He just won a streamy, yay, for best short form. And um, he is hilarious. He will make your day. So this, this podcast I started three years ago because in my work in uh, with women and in sobriety and on various platforms, I have met so many amazing women. And the fact of the matter is in our society still, women's voices need an extra push. They need to be amplified because we have so much to offer and we can all help each other by listening to one another's stories. So this podcast is a place where you can come and you get a quick hit of some inspiration from a sister. So today I have, I'm so lucky and I'm feeling actually a little bit nervous because this person, Chelsea Rife, is an industry renowned podcast coach. So here I am, newbie, well, novice podcaster, trying to do a podcast with the podcast coach. So I'm feeling a little <laughs> nervous, but we, we, we shall proceed. She- yeah, conversations <laughs> are the best. <laughs> Chelsea helps creatives, coaches, and entrepreneurs launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts. She blends her 10 plus years of digital media, content marketing, and storytelling expertise to find the golden ticket strategy for her clients. She's also a full-time digital nomad and hosts the top-rated podcast called In My Non-Expert Opinion, covering the roller coaster of entrepreneurship, the fun and chaos of travel, internet culture, and the mindset BS we all go through. The podcast has garnered more than 150,000 downloads and continues to grow each week. For all the spiritual peeps, she's an Aquarius sun, Virgo moon, Virgo rising, and reflector in human design, meaning her genius lies within finding innovative, out-of-this-world ideas and bringing them into reality through practical action and detailed planning. You can catch Chelsea on a flight, working at a local cafe, or running her podcast weekly. Learn more at ChelseaRiffe.com. Listen to our podcast in my non-expert opinion on Spotify or Apple and follow her on Instagram at Chelsea Rife. Welcome, Chelsea. Hello. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, it's hard to catch up with Chelsea. She is in the UK right now. So thank you so much for dealing with the time zone and 
being so, I mean, I asked you because I went to one of your seminars and I just took a chance and said, would you mind being on my podcast? And I truly didn't think you would say yes, but you did. <laughs> I love talking to people on podcasts. I told someone this the other day when I see podcast interviews on my calendar, it doesn't even register to me as work. I'm like, this is a fun part of the day. Like I love going on podcasts and talking to people on my own too. So this is no big deal. Thank you so much. So she and I both are involved with something called Remote Year. And I have spent four months of my life traveling to various countries. I focused on Latin America. I spent a month in Guatemala, Buenos Aires, Medellin, Colombia, and Lima, Peru. Did you do an actual Remote Year trip? And where did you go? I have done a four-month trip. And I did it last summer. I went to Cape Town, South Africa, and then we went to Valencia, Spain, Lisbon, Portugal, and we ended in split Croatia. And then this earlier this year, I did the Buenos Aires trip in February. And then I did, I actually did Colombia first. So Colombia was in February, Buenos Aires is March. And then I basically followed the group to Peru. So I was like unofficially on a remote year in Peru. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious because yeah. Peru of all of them was my favorite trip in terms of the activities. Wow. Oh my gosh. The best. I had the time of my life there. I was actually supposed to stay in Argentina for two months and just kind of settle and chill out for two months. And I had so much fun with the group and everyone kept raving about Lima and all the activities. So I was like, I'm just going to follow them, see what happens. And yeah, I had the time of my life there. Yeah, it is. Um, the biodiversity of Peru is mind-blowing. They have a good chunk of the Amazon there. They have Huacachina, which has these huge sand dunes that you you can go sledding on, sand duning on. And they have, of course, Machu Picchu. So it is just a crazy rich environment to see so much in a short period of time within a short geographic boundary. I was there for three weeks and I felt the same. I feel like I did 20 different locations and I got so much value out of it. And the food, it is now in my top three like food countries because I was just not expecting it. And I don't know if you follow like the 50 best restaurants in the world list. Yeah. The the number one one this year is in Lima, Peru, Central. Did you go to Central? I did not. I did not want to fork over the 500, but I did hit one of the um, ones that's in the top 10 called Mido. So when... Because it's Latin America, I thought everything would be inexpensive. So I didn't know how much Central cost. And my roommate in remote year, who I had just met, like, oh, let me take you to dinner. Let's go to Central. And then I get the bill and I'm like, it's a thousand dollars. And I was oh like, oh, this was so good. And meanwhile, I'm like, there goes my budget. Like, what yeah. did I just do? <laughs> and isn't that crazy I thought the same thing I kept going out and one time we went to dinner and I kept ordering water because I'm like well even if it's not free we're in Latin America it has to be cheaper than you know going out in the U.S. and L.A. or something and I kept drinking water the whole night and we got the bill and this guy was like you know the the bill line item is thirty dollars for water and I'm like what so he made a joke and he Venmo requested me like one million dollars for water at this restaurant because we just weren't <laughs> expecting that yeah we were a little shocked but I will say those restaurants were next level and some of the most memorable food I've had in a while agreed agreed and central if um if anyone listening wants to know more you should look at their website because this master chef has done a tasting menu 
that goes from sea level to the Andean peaks. And he takes like very unusual ingredients and makes something from each elevation or periodic elevations. And it's just fantastic in the presentation as well. So oh, wow. let's get to the heart of it, that of what people really want to know. You do one-on-one -on -one coaching, let's start there, to help people launch, grow, and monetize a podcast. And I don't want you to give away all your secrets here because people should pay because it's very valuable information. But could you give us like a tip or two or uh, an outline of what someone could expect from obtaining coaching from you? Yeah, absolutely. I think the first thing that happens when people come to me is they've either had their podcast for a while and they're doing all the standard stuff, right? They record the intros and outros, they're posting weekly, they have the show notes, they have the links and nothing is really happening. And they're like, I'm not getting feedback. My reviews aren't going up. No one's working with me. Like I'm not getting any applications. And that just signals to me either a system is broken, like something's not working or you just don't have a strategy. So my job as a podcast strategist is to do an audit, or if you don't have a podcast and you're trying to launch one, figure out where your goals are and build a strategy to work backwards. So when you ask for a tip, like one or two things I would say is make a strategy, make a content strategy that shows how each platform is going to drive to whatever it is that you want to drive it to. So for example, instead of just posting podcast episodes, like my, you know, trip to Lima recap, that's amazing. But if you're listening to this as a business owner and you want it to drive to your website to have people work with you, then put an ad in there to drive people to work with you. Or at the end of the show, call out that very specific action and say something like, by the way, if you love this episode, I'm going to be teaching you more about storytelling in my online membership. Head to my website, chelseyrep.com, right? That type of thing. Um, and giving those people clear calls to action in the audio format will help them make more actual decisive decisions. Because what happens is people are like, I talked about it all episode and we think about our content all the time, right? We're like, I feel like I'm promoting my stuff every day. But if you actually go look at your episodes or listen to them or look at the show notes, I'll look at people's things and I'm like, I don't even see that you have a company in here. I don't see your website. You didn't say anything about it in the episode. You didn't drive people to it in an ad. And I think that's the issue is that people magically think just because they're listening to your podcast, they're going to know to jump over to your website or email list. So that's what I would do first is just figure out what is the purpose of the podcast and what is your strategy? Like, what are you driving to? And then from there, you can start to make much better informed content. And it's not going to be that hard to plan because you know exactly what you're doing. Yes, that's great. That's great. So I do record on Spotify um, and anchor for Spotify and I insert ads, just whatever they tell me to do. But are you suggesting that I could do an ad for myself? Just yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. You can do an ad for yourself. I just had a client do this. And funny enough, this is a, a huge tip for people I think would be really helpful is there's um, something called dynamic advertising in the industry. It's called DAI. So if you see that floating around the webs, the interwebs, that's what it means. And it means you can plug in ads in the beginning of the episode, the middle of your episode or the end of your episode. And when that's over, like when you're, whatever you're promoting is over, you can take it out and plug in a new ad. So let's say you were going to... I don't know, a conference this weekend. And you're like, Hey, everyone, I'm going to be speaking at this conference this weekend, September, whatever it is, ninth, be sure to join us. 
you can plug that in and it will actually go in and update in all your episodes. So even if I went to listen to your very first episode that you recorded three years ago, it would actually tell me that you're going to be at that conference in September. And then you could take it out when the conference is over and plug in a new thing. Hey, check out my upcoming workshop. So that is a game changer for announcements, time sensitive information, promoting your own work, and just being able to, um, yeah, call out your work without having to always promote another brand or company. I think people misunderstand that you can promote yourself in an ad format. Yeah, that didn't occur to me. So thank you. I really appreciate that. So you also have this fabulous podcast, In My Non-Expert Opinion. What prompted you to start it in the first place and give our listeners a taste of what they might find on that podcast? So I went to school for broadcast journalism at FSU. I thought I wanted to be a sports reporter like Aaron Andrews or Samantha Ponder. Uh I shadowed ESPN people. I interned at local news stations. I even had um, some stories air on the local news programs like Fox Sun Sports. And I was like, this is it. I'm going to be a news reporter. Quickly, a lot of my mentors told me, this is a very cutthroat industry. You don't make a lot of money. It could take you 10 years to really have your big break. And even then it's very short lived because of how competitive it is. And it just was really discouraging because these were people that had done it before. And I had friends go into the industry and essentially tell me the same thing. They're like, I'm working 80 hour weeks. I'm getting paid absolutely nothing. There's no room for growth. It's honestly quite shocking when you learn how people get to where they are and all the work they had to do for literally pennies. It just, it didn't feel conducive to like the life I actually wanted to live. I had one of my internship mentors tell me like, if you want a family or you want to travel a lot or move around, this probably isn't like the career for you. And I had caught the travel bug, as you know, being on remote year. And I was like, oh, maybe not. So I just always knew I wanted to do something with hosting or reporting. So then I tried out blogging. That didn't work. I tried a beauty Instagram. I posted one post and that didn't work. I tried video and I was like, I absolutely hate video editing. And just nothing was sticking, which was really frustrating because, again, that's what I went to school for. So I ended up finding a master's program at Loyola Chicago called a Master of Digital Media and Storytelling. And it's how to tell stories through audio, through video, through data, through pictures. It was the funnest two years of education I've ever had. It felt like playtime for two years. So that's when it started to click of you really just like to create and design things that interest you. And that's when podcasts started to come out. And Serial, if anyone remembers that one, was huge and blowing up. It was kind of like a true crime-ish one. And yeah, I remember listening to it. I'm like, this feels like an investigative documentary, but I'm listening to it. And that's when the light bulb clicked of like, this could be your outlet. This could be the thing you create content for. It's almost the same thing as reporting on a story and broadcasting. You're just doing it through a different format. So that's what prompted it. And it actually started out called Oh My Pod. I was very naive and I was just like, get it out, launch, figure it out later. You know, you just want to start recording and figure out all the consequences after that. And then later I found out there was another podcast called that that had posted 800 episodes. That's like the most I've ever seen an independent podcaster post. And I quickly realized for SEO purposes and visibility and everything that just didn't make sense to keep the name. So I changed it about three years in 
to be in my non-expert opinion, which is obviously a play on words of when people give you their expert opinions and they're Uh like, well, in my expert opinion, and I was thinking about it and I'm like, well, I have a lot of opinions. They're not all experts. So I was like, let me just call it my non-expert opinion. So that's where it came from. And yeah, it actually had nothing to do with business. When I started it, I was not even a business owner. It was a creative hobby that I was doing at my job. I would literally use my lunch breaks to go rent out a a recording room, record with guests, and then go back to work. I would do this on the weekends. It was just a passion project, honestly. And then eventually it shifted into being a little bit more business focused or just focused on driving to my business. Mm -hmm. It's still not really the goal though. Like to me, it's still such a piece of self-expression and creativity. Um, And that's something that I've been trying to figure out is like, oh, maybe I just start a pop-up podcast about podcasting, keep in my non-expert opinion, the fun travel, like kind of lifestyle one, and then see what happens. So yeah, that's, that's how it started. That's how I ended up doing it. And then I'm sorry, what was your second question again? What to expect? I think that was it. What to expect on that? Uh, About your podcast. What do listeners get each week? So every week now, it's basically what I consider what I'm interested in or like an audio evolution of my life. When it started, it was very health and wellness focused. Then it shifted a lot into spirituality. Then I started my own business. So it became heavy on the entrepreneurship and business. And now it's very much travel, lifestyle, dating, sex and relationships. So that's what we're gearing up for in the next few months. And that's how I like to tell podcasters too. This is another tip is don't feel like you have to box yourself in and only talk about one thing because that's when it gets boring and when you'll stop podcasting. Mm. You can still talk about a million things. You could do series, you could do seasons, you could do segments. There's so many ways to still show your personality without feeling like, oh my gosh, well, I have a business so I can only talk about my business. I just don't find that to be true. Right. Good advice. And I like on your website, which everyone should take a look at. It's really a nice, nicely done website. It's her name is the the address of the website. But she says audio is one of the most intimate ways to build a connection with your community. I haven't thought about that before. Uh, but why do you say that? I love talking about this, but what I think when I say that is you cannot mask or fake your voice, right? There's vocal tones, there's inflections. You can tell when you're listening to someone right when you're on the phone, if they're tired, if they're angry, if they're upset. Think of customer service agents, right? You, as soon as your voice changes, their tone changes. And then you can just see there's so much that happens with that dynamics of voice. And I actually read a stat or um it was a piece of research that says the most dynamic and captivating part of watching video is actually the sound or people's voices. So that was really fascinating to me because it showed that when your vocal tones are activated and other people hear them, it really connects in a way that I don't feel like translates that well on other social media platforms. For example, I can curate and edit my Instagram posts to look like whatever I want, right? I could take two months to edit a post if I really wanted to. There's tools that I could, if I really wanted to fix my face and make myself slimmer and do all these things, you can't do that with your voice and your podcast. It's you and your personality. So yes, you can script all day long. You can record 45 times, but at the end of the day, your actual voice is the one way you actually genuinely connect with people and storytell. If you go back to even caveman days, right? Like the way we connected was through sign language, body language, and our voices. So I really feel like your voice is the element that allows people to connect on that deeper level that they don't get on these shorter form platforms. Good point. Excellent point. 
So not only does Chelsea do one-on-one coaching, she also has a four-week course called Mic Drop. Can you tell the listeners a bit about the course? Yeah. What I found with my one-on-one coaching was essentially everyone was having the same issues or asking me the same questions was, I feel like I'm bad at tech, right? I don't, I'm not tech savvy. How am I ever going to conduct an online interview? Or I don't even know how to prepare an episode or how do I figure out the name and the back end and the tech, like, what does that look like? And I realized, let me just make this as simple as possible and create a course that's A to Z from finding the name and creating cover art all the way to publishing and promotion very short training videos that will tell you exactly what to do. I screen share. I show you exactly how to set everything up. I walk you through exercises to be able to name things and plan your episodes. And then I just, yeah, I condense that all into a course to make it super easy and simple that if you follow it and follow the checklist, you will be able to launch podcasts. Wow. That is so helpful. Do you have some favorite podcasters yourself that you follow and get inspiration from? And if so, who give us an example of one. So I have two, actually. So the one that inspired me to launch my own podcast was a podcast called The Skinny Confidential Him and Her. And the reason I um, I was so inspired is because she was a blogger at first, like a health and wellness type of blogger. And then her and her husband one day were, she told the story, they were like drinking margaritas in Cancun. And we're like, we should maybe start a podcast and, you know, just share about our relationship and interview people and share our tips with the industry. And they did it. And it was so helpful because this is why I also talk about being so intimate. They were sharing literally how they built their business. So it was like getting these free workshops and masterclasses in my ear every single week from how they set up their days and calendar to how do they outsource things? How do they manage their money? And I'm like, whoa, this is like getting one-on-one mentorship from an audio format. And so that podcast was so essential in the beginning to help me actually launch a podcast or a business. The content's shifted lately and I don't really resonate with it as much, but I will say in the beginning of my career, I found that so helpful. The one that I love now that I have binged probably 20 episodes in the last seven days is Ramit Sethi's I Will Teach You To Be Rich podcast. He has a show on Netflix called um, How To Get Rich. Uh And I think the name is really cheeky, but it's really fascinating because what he does is he brings couples on that are in a lot of financial distress. I mean, people that are millionaires that won't buy a $15 gym membership or people that make $300,000 that might end up living in their car, like that type of distress. And he coaches them through it. But the reason I like it so much is someone that has this production background that went to school for this. He does a really good job of storytelling. So what he'll do is like in between two concepts, he'll interject with a different audio track and be like, you know what I'm hearing from Maria? Maria sounds like she's actually emotional about money, not strategic. Like, and then I'll be like, okay, let's get back into the episode. And I just think from a storytelling and production perspective, he does an incredible job that I just told my podcast manager, I want my podcast to start sounding like his. So now I'm studying what he's doing and listening. And outside of the content, like the layout of it being incredible. I just think what he's doing and helping couples get out of these situations has inspired me. Like this past weekend, I looked at my finances. I started setting up automated savings. I was calling banks to push back on fees. I was like, this is the beauty of podcasting. I haven't even paid him a dollar and I'm already seeing financial results from how incredible his podcast is. So that one right now is really high on my list. Oh, well, thank you for that. And your podcast, you talk about 
demystifying the world of podcasting. You talk about the nuts and bolts of how people get paid, uh, weather guests get paid, uh, podcast networks, hard truths, how to ink deals. So you actually give away a lot of what you do in the coaching sphere on your podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I come, I like to operate the mentality of like generosity is key. I don't, I don't like to be gatekeepery. I don't like to be like, Oh, let me give you four tips, but to get the other 70, you're going to have to apply to work with me. What I think of in my content strategy is I'll teach you the what, right? Like I'll tell you what right now, I just told you how to build a strategy or like the what, the what is the strategy. But if you want to learn the how, that's when I come in as a coach. So if you're like, okay, I get, I need a strategy, but how do I specifically do that for myself with my schedule, with my energy, with my income, whatever it is, then that's when I can come in as a coach and customize it for you. So that's how I treat all my episodes when I'm giving away all the secrets of how podcast networks work and how brand deals work. It's because I have that background and I know how they work. And if you want me to then teach you how, that's what I do in my in my containers. Wow. I'm looking at your website, which I love. And uh, you read a thousand books in first grade. Yeah, which is so funny because <laughs> I always make a joke in the last two years that I'm the slowest reader because I get so distracted. Like I have to read a paragraph 16 times before it registers. And my mom always tells me, she's like, I don't understand that because you read a thousand books in first grade. You won an award and they celebrated it at the library. I'm like, what? They must have been picture books because I do not like I do not have that same skill anymore. Wow. Wow. Well, this amazing woman has helped launch numerous podcasts. So many episodes have gone live. You've done you've designed launch strategies to create a top one percent podcast You've created new revenue streams through clients, through podcasts. So I guess one thing that has eluded me, I mean, I always ask my guests, please write a review of my podcast. And do how do you get reviews of your podcast? Are there is, is it something that just happens organically and there's not that much you can do about it? And no. is um like I don't see a place to rate a review or review on Spotify, only on Apple. Is that true? Yes, that's true. So you can rate on Spotify, meaning you can give it five stars, but you cannot write a written review. Okay. What you can do if you want to interact with your audience is put up a Q&A. I know you said you use Anchor, which I do as well, which is now Spotify for podcasters. On the top, there's a in the dashboard, there's a section called Interact. And you can pose questions, you can put polls, you can have people even send in voice notes. So I like to do that as a way to interact, just to know that people are listening and, you know, actually engaging with the content. On Apple, yes, you can actually write those written reviews. Um, when you said, is there a way to get people to write them? 100% yes, which I call a review incentive. So this, for me, what I usually do is give away something that is high value, but low cost or low labor on my end. For example, one month I did an incentive where anyone that left a review, I would enter them into a pool to win a one-on-one -on -one coaching session with me. And I just pulled a random winner at the end of the month for anyone that submitted during that month. That drove so many reviews, which showed me, oh, people value the one-on-one -on -one time. And that's only one hour of my whole entire month in order to increase the reviews, which I love to tell people are like the same thing as book reviews on Amazon or testimonials on your website. Written reviews are like the testimonials of your podcast. 
So that's why I love to change it up. I love to experiment. Let's say you don't have a business though. And you're like, I don't have anything to offer, right? I'm not going to offer coaching. You could offer a gift card. You could offer your favorite book. You could offer a free session of something that you do on the side. Like maybe you teach yoga and you can offer free yoga or meditation. Um, I really like the idea of gift cards or books because people just love stuff like that, right? Anyone that leaves a review, I'll pick one person to win a $25 gift card to whatever platform they want. And that's easy peasy to win, you know, an easy $25 gift card. Um, a book can be low cost. Right now, I always send my clients the Steal Like an Artist book. I love it. It's by this man named Austin. I think it's Clone or Klein, but it's called Steal Like an Artist. And the book is, what, $10, $15? And it's such a valuable book. I've never forgotten all the concepts in it. And that's something that could also be a really fun review giveaway, right? Anyone that leaves a review, I'll pull two people to win this book and ship it to you directly with a, you know, a note for myself. So there's always ways to incentivize people, but you don't want to leave it empty or excuse me. Um, you don't want to leave it like go leave a review. What I always tell people to do is get so specific because what you just said, right, is confusing. People go to Spotify and they're like, where do I leave a review? You can't leave a review there. So you need to tell them through your podcast, go to Apple Podcasts, go down to the section where it says write a review write the review, screenshot it to me, and then send it to whatever, what? my email, submit it to this form, et cetera. The clearer you are about that, the clearer and better results you're going to get. And this is an example I always tell my clients is, you know, when you go into a really noisy, chaotic restaurant and you're like, I don't even understand. Do we pick a seat? Is there a hostess here that's going to lead us there? Like, I don't understand. It's just noisy. Everyone's yelling. The bar is loud. You don't know what you're doing. And then you're like, is this the bathroom? I don't know. Is that the employee like section? It's just really confusing and gives you a lot of anxiety. That's kind of how it feels when you're just like, go leave a review on Apple and Spotify. And while you're at it, give me five stars on here and then make sure to head to my way. It's like, whoa. But imagine if you go to a restaurant and a hostess is like, hi, welcome. You get to pick a seat any side on the left. The bars on the back and the restaurant, or excuse me, the restrooms are to the right. Women's toilets are to the right. Such clear directions. You're like, oh, I can take a breath. I know where I'm going. I know what I'm doing. That's exactly how specific you want to be when you're driving people to write reviews for you. Wow. That's really good advice and not something I've ever done before. I'd also recommend you all follow her on Instagram. Also, it is her name is her address because she has really good advice like pitching 101 or how to rebrand yourself or how to, well, a lifestyle-ish ones too, like how to activate a new identity with a new look. This woman is a Renaissance woman. She has done everything. I mean, really, I I keep reading about more things that you've done and thinking, what? She did that too? <laughs> it's fantastic. Fantastic. I wrote a book called 50 after 50, reframing the next chapter of your life, where I tried 50 new things in my 50th year because I got divorced that year and I had to figure out what I was going to do. And um, a lot of those things I will never do again, but they've actually taught me something. Uh, every single thing taught me something. And mm -hmm. uh, I love how you challenge yourself and you try different things to expand your comfort zone. And it's a beautiful thing to see, especially in someone so young. Um, I mean, I have no idea how old you are, but you're younger than I am. I know that. So. <laughs> 32. <laughs> so I like to ask all the guests on this show the following question. 
What do you do, Chelsea, to become your best version? I live in alignment with my values. So whenever I feel weird or stuck or unclear or frustrated with myself, it's usually because I'm not being who I say I'm being or who I want to be. So for example, I really, really value leisure and downtime. And something that's happened recently is I've been filling my schedule up with all these different meetings and saying yes to every opportunity and helping so many different people. And again, just booking my calendar without even thinking twice of, will I feel burnt out? How does this actually affect my free time? Like, what does this look like? And it's caused me to take a step back and look at my calendar and be like, your calendar is not alignment with your values. You need to rejig things and you need to incorporate leisure more into your day. So now what I do is I color code my calendar. Anything that's leisure is yellow and I'll plug it in. And then I have these time insights on my calendar that will show me the colors, you know, in a color wheel type of thing. And I'm happy to report that majority of the weeks it's yellow, which shows me that I'm living in alignment with my values. So the way I plan my week now is instead of booking it up to the brim with client work or any type of business stuff, and then praying and hoping that I have some free time for fun things, I do it the opposite way. We're usually a week ahead. I'm like, let me book my workout classes. Let me go ahead and see if that one girl wants to grab lunch. I know that person's in town. Let's grab a coffee. And I definitely want to do this comedy show on the weekend. Let me plug that in first. And then let me go ahead and confirm certain meetings or podcast interviews. That has been a game changer for me. And when you ask, you know, how am I becoming the best version of myself? That gives me confidence because I'm not breaking promises to myself and I'm living in alignment with my top values. That's beautiful. I mean, I do did see that at one time you were also a life coach. So you have covered a whole spectrum of the human existence and now are and just continue to use your talents as a force for good. It's really a beautiful, beautiful thing to watch. And I thank, thank you. you. And I'm so glad that uh, the universe conspired to bring us together. And I feel like I'm definitely going to see you on the road because I travel all the time, too. Yes, and I'll be happy when we meet in person. A hundred percent. I know we're definitely in a cross paths. So I encourage all of you to look at ChelseaRife.com to listen to our podcast and subscribe called In My Non-Expert Opinion and follow her on Instagram at Chelsea Rife, R-I-F-F-E. Thank you so much, Chelsea, for being here. Thank you. It was a blast.